Hello, everyone. I am Lee. I am here. I am joined by Spencer. Spencer, how are you? Doing all right. How about you? Here with BJ. BJ, what's happening, buddy? Not too much. How's it going? And Levi. Levi, how are you? I'm doing well, Mr. Waterfield. How are you? I'm good. The four of us, the band back together again. Um, we are starting a new pod. In this pod, we are going to be a little bit of a kind of an ambiguous topic here. But what we're doing is the idea is we're going to share an experience once every couple of weeks. And this week, what we did is we sent each other food. It did kind of a round robin. I sent BJ. BJ sent um, Levi. Levi. Levi sent Spencer. And Spencer sent me. I think I got that right. And we all sent each other food and we're going to chat about it. Before we get going, BJ, anything you want to plug on any other pods we have here on the Mangotops Podcast channel? Uh, yeah. So we uh, are getting back into uh, all of our things in Mangum Reads. Uh, we are going to be uh, going through some Agatha Christie short stories, and we are also back into pottering around uh, with book four, um, which is a favorite of uh, a fan favorite. Um, and very new territory for both uh, myself and Spencer. So excited to uh, be getting back into it. And on Mangum Talks TV, we are doing the Queen's Gambit. And if our coverage of Chernobyl is any indication where Spencer and I both became nuclear scientists, we will soon become grandmasters in chess. Uh, the first podcast is up now. Spencer does, I would say, a good solid 25 minutes on the history of chess. Um, which actually, now that I say that out loud, sounds a little boring. It's not. It's really good. Go check it out. And uh, yeah, that's Mangum Talks TV. So let's talk about the dinners we sent each other. And I am going to be selfish and set the agenda since I did the intro. And I want to hear, BJ, how was your experience? Because I sent BJ and his girlfriend four different chicken sandwiches. You had a chick. I'm, I'm going to call this a chicken sandwich tasting flight. That's what I'm calling that. Uh, yeah. So um, it was... A lot of fun. There, there was a, a very definite rise and fall. Um, I would say uh, there was a very early peak. Um, and also the <laughs> amount of chicken sandwich that one is able to consume uh, definitely hits a wall at some point. Um, and, and then the other side of it is uh, pacing is a lot harder when you don't know when the next thing is going to arrive. And it's a chicken sandwich. So the sooner you consume it, the better it is. So here's uh, what I did. I sent BJ a chicken sandwich. It's, this was sort of the baseline, right? It was a chicken sandwich from a local place called Kokyu. It's like a pretty popular place. Mm -hmm. um, they have, my understanding, really good chicken sandwiches. I've never even ordered one from there before, but I've, the reviews are really high. So I sent the, that over. And that was kind of like a local place, high quality. People go in, yep. spend 12 to 15 bucks for the sandwich, and they're happy. And then he got Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, and Bojangles. <laughs> yeah. So, so the real problem is, uh, well, so, real problem. So in quotes, uh, how and when things arrived. So the, the local place, uh, we had two different sandwiches. Um, I don't remember the names offhand, but one had uh, Oshinko pickles and a, a Japanese slaw, uh, which my girlfriend ate most of and she thoroughly enjoyed. I ate one that was mostly uh, chili crisp with peanuts and uh, some quick cucumber pickles that um, I actually really enjoyed. It had a, sort of a nice spice and everything else. Um, it was a good all around sandwich. Uh, it clearly came from the restaurant quickly because it was still nice and hot and crispy and all those things. Um, and then I think next was Bojangles, but it might have been Chick-fil-A. I'm sort of, I think it was Bojangles next. Um, it wasn't quite as warm um, and the chicken was a little bit different. So, so the, the local place really got these like monster chicken breasts that you get at grocery stores and just went with those, didn't cut them in half or anything else. So you get this like nice, really big chunk of, of chicken breast. Um, and then the, the fast food places do a little bit more prep on the chicken first, clearly. I mean, that's going to be like one of the more expensive things that go in. And so there was a lot of variance on both the bun and the chicken itself. Um, and unfortunately, and it sort of pays me to say this, um, Chick-fil-A probably had the best uh, chicken in terms of how it was prepped and, and seasoned and everything else and then delivered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, followed by Bojangles, then followed by the local place. And I think the, the reason that Bojangles is slightly better is I think they 
um, brine their chicken a little bit better than the local place. I think the, the local place, uh, Koku, they have a really good idea. They're using better chicken, but the uh, kimchi brine that they do just isn't quite enough to like really brine the chicken and keep it uh, really flavorful. But it was a lot of fun um, going through all these sandwiches and there definitely was a wall that, that we hit and it was just like, all right, well, the buns just aren't going to get eaten here. Like this just isn't going to happen at all. Um, but, but the chicken is fun. And then the last one that we got, unfortunately was McDonald's. So that mostly is just sitting in the fridge now. And, and I I'm trying to come to terms with what I'm going to do with it. Um, McDonald's clearly is trying to get into this space. Um, I'm sure they did taste tests, but like they have a good bun. The, the chicken just doesn't, they they don't know how to do chicken well yet. Um, It's sort of my take on, on what McDonald's is doing with their life. So the McDonald's option was the crispy buttermilk chicken sandwich, not their McChicken. Their McChicken is like the dollar option. That's like, yeah, I mean, it's not even really worth the conversation. Um, so the buttermilk chicken, like both the bun and the chicken end up tasting kind of buttery, which I just, I don't know if that's just the amount of butter that they have in the bun itself, but it just, it really lets the sandwich down because butter and fried chicken just aren't a right combination, at least in my mind. I hear but you. it was you, a lot of fun. There you hear it, folks. B- BJ, like, like in the Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A number one on the night. Um, so, so in terms of the chicken, not in terms of the sandwich, the local place, the the sandwich was like, it was, it's a really good sandwich, just the chicken itself. Like if they did a little bit better prep on the chicken itself, it would, it would be great. It would just be that much better. Um, so, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. And as covered on these pods before, I do enjoy a good delivery app. Uh, so Spencer made the comment while we were trading text about this. How much did you spend on delivery fees? Well, the answer, goose egg, my friend, because I got the monthly memberships. Uh, so, uh, well, I guess, I mean, I do pay for those, but I had those anyway. So I didn't pay for any delivery on these. So I was able to. Which in, 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 ret- in retrospect, should have realized very obvious answer to that question. In terms of people that probably do the most delivery, I think you would rank high among the four of us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, for sure. I think one of the only people on this pod that has a name for ordering from more than one place. Bang, bang. Yep. Yeah. You got, you got a serious bang, bang there, BJ, four straight orders. Yep. Um, and there was just a really funny, so you said you, you had mentioned that it was going to be four different sandwiches, but like for whatever reason in communicating to, to Brie, my girlfriend about like what this was in the logistics when the third delivery driver showed up, there was just this look of uh, consternation and, and and a little bit of dejected as to just like, wait a minute, we were getting eight or, or six sandwiches or eight sa- eight sandwiches. Oh God. Oh God. Why, what are we going to do with eight fried chicken sandwiches? I'm already way past full. You see that Spencer? A little bit of a little bit of payback. That same look that uh, BJ gives your you uh, you and your your girlfriend from time to time. I just gave it right back to him. That's my thought, right? It is that you really should think to yourself, the chickens have come home to roost, right? This this is really payback. Oh, for I knew all, exactly for all what was going on. Um, so <laughs> just just take it and and roll with it. Um, my, my, my my take was, I think it's going to happen probably for the next three or four times, but you know. Eventually, Spencer will feel that 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 everybody else has gotten even enough for him. BJ, until we've arrived at a situation of where you have to actually throw things out of your fridge to accommodate just the sheer tray of food that has been sent to you that you now have been made your you know job and purpose for the next days on end, we're not quite there yet. Yeah. So BJ, I will tell you a little bit. Like, so when I drew your name, first of all, I was super excited because that's who I wanted. Uh, because you made a point on multiple podcasts on this podcast channel to tell everybody that you do not eat fast food, um, which I find a personal affront and un-American. So I decided to to at least send you some fast food. So my initial thought was I was going to just bombard you. It was, you remember like when, when Trump had the Clemson football team to the white house and he took that picture (laughs) with like 150 big Macs or something like that, like in the Roosevelt room, that's what I was going to do to you. But I was I was worried I, that I was just going to get a platter, like a 10 pound 
platter of like bean and cheese burritos from Taco Bell. Like I was just like in play. Um, And so, but my wife and I had just gone on a vacation and you checked on our cats for a week. So my guilt got me. And so I wasn't, I was like, I, I, I still got to have to send him something with fast food, but it has to be something that they, he, there's even a, a chance he might enjoy. So I was like, all right, well, this, this is the way to go. It was, um, but if I draw you again. Uh, yeah. It's out. in play. Everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I'm pretty sure the amount and variety of fast food that you sent me is probably double what I've consumed in the past decade. That seems befuddling to me. This is a person who doesn't eat fast food regularly, but Wow, man. Next time I get you, it's going to be because, you know, yeah, my idea, hopefully everybody will forget this. I'm going to go ahead and say it, but hopefully everybody will forget it by the time next time I draw you will be to send you like all of the fast food classics because we have a $75 limit. But like I can really I can go nuts with that $75 limit if it's like McDonald's, single cheeseburgers, Taco Bell, hard shell tacos, like, you know, just the, the classics, everything a dollar menu or less. There might be a need to be a weight limit, but we'll we'll, we'll see how this goes forward. And today, PJ, a French fry tasting from every store in the surrounding area. <laughs> so, BJ, you may have answered this at some point, I, and I've forgotten. But so, yeah. at least for me, the the, the prime place where I, I eat fast food is on is on road trips. Um, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm driving, mm-hmm. you know, fourteen hours, we're going to stop for some lunch. I'm going to yeah. grab some fast food. It's, it's relatively quick, especially during COVID times. They they're guaranteed to have have a drive through window, so it's so yeah. it's, it's fairly frictionless. Um, for you. Have you taken long road trips? If so, what do you eat in there, right? Because that is the the prime place where it's obvious to eat fast food. So, uh, yes, I actually recently had had a uh, relatively long driving experience. I would say driving across the country is uh, a road trip, um, not specifically a trip to to go on to just explore, but but a road trip nonetheless. Um, and I guess. Like so many other things, I heavily research and plan where we might be for lunch and dinner and do my best to find places that we could get uh, carry out or um, delivery from to the hotel that we were staying at or or whatever uh, that was. And so, uh, yeah, I probably spent, I don't know exactly how much time, but probably before the cross-country trip, which was... Uh, I think six days, I probably spent time over at least two weeks finding places to uh, eat and and like breweries to pick up stuff from uh, and mark those on the map where they were in relation to the cities that we were and the hotels that we were staying at. So what I'm hearing is that you're not a psychopath who says, hey, uh, we've got a 14 hour drive. We're going to stop three times um, and we, we can't have a delay for more than 30 minutes dur- during these stops. No, uh, like I, I am. so so there there was like a thought to do that. But first of all, like there's definitely a lot of the country in the southwest that I haven't seen. Um, and so and there was also no particular reason to limit the uh drive between like three and like six days and they just would have been unpleasant days um so yeah i just i don't have that that significant desire to just like knock it all out yeah i mean Uh, and and when you have i think it's a little bit of a difference right because when you have the opportunity of potentially knocking it out in one day and being done with it then i think it puts it on the table of doing the thing that levi talked about where you're just like but when you're coming from california to north carolina it's like you're not going to knock it out in a day so Yeah, it, a sense, yeah. it's like 40 hours of drive, 35 to 40 hours of driving, depending on what route you take. So there's like literally no way that you can yeah. do this in even two days. Um, I mean, well, maybe Le- Levi's giving me a look that it's like, well, technically, and, and I think about it, but I mean, it's just not. I'm I'm with Tara. I think that, that that's a different inc- a different road tripping kind, right? right. That's the, that's the type of thing you do once, once or twice in a lifetime, and you typically want to want to relish it and use it yeah. as an opportunity to go to places you wouldn't necessarily want to go out of your way to travel to. So I exactly, I'm 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 um, more more curious, especially now that you're, um, well, I guess Baltimore from 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 uh, it, it's Dur- like five Durham, and a half hours, five and a half hours. So you probably don't need to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, um, so I will say, like, well, we've taken a trip where we did a, a long distance drive and uh, I planned to stop at a restaurant and uh, we converted Levi back to, to being inefficient and eating a T-bone. So, and, and that's a, a thing that I take pride in. 
are you going to classify a sit down um, diner as, as fast food? Is is that what's going on in your brain there? No, I'm, I'm not classifying it as fast food. I'm classifying it as I planned out a route where where I could go to a place that isn't fast food. Um, so so yeah, I mean it's just not not something that's really on the table uh, for the most part for me because it, like it's either. I just don't want it enough or there are other things that I can do and experience that if I just put a bit more planning into then, then I can do it. I mean, it's a little, it was a lot harder uh, in COVID times when I did the cross country trip, but when it's not, I don't know. I, would, I just sit on Like if, if Bree's driving or somebody else is driving, I can just sit on my phone. But if I'm driving um, like I'll often do just beforehand, like look at, look at what's around and, and make a decision. I don't know, different way of doing things. Well, you've had some fast food now. <laughs> and you like you like Chick-fil-A. We have that recorded. You're a big fan of Chick-fil-A. Uh, yeah, you know, everything about them, you know, their political beliefs, <laughs> you know, just just full support of Chick-fil-A. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, I guess I can go next. Uh, Spencer yeah. sent me and my wife some Indian food. And what was interesting about this is that, and I mentioned it on our text thread last night, is that Spencer might have ordered the exact same thing that we would have ordered. So like we pretty much get the same thing every time we get like takeout Indian, we get a sog paneer option, we get a korma option and we get some sort of like spicy vindaloo roasted meat type thing. Mm -hmm. And those are the three things that that Spencer went with. Those were the three entrees. Yes. It was like exactly what we get every time. The question is, do you get enough Indian delivery that the delivery driver was just confused at the name? They're like, they knew your house and they knew your order, but it's just like, why, who is this Spencer person? And like, did somebody come and visit the George Waterfields? Like, huh, that's interesting. No, I mean, I do think, I mean, we can, we can keep going with the bit, but I do, I think I order food maybe a little bit less than maybe everybody on this, <laughs> this call might think I do. <laughs> when we see you, you order quite a bit. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. like I, I, I probably get Indian once a month, maybe if that, um, but yeah. when we do get Indian, like that's, that's exactly how we like to do it. Uh, that's, mm. that's the, the almost like the Indian staple food groups for us. Yeah. Um, my, my obje- it was perfect. So. My, my, obje- my objective here was to order something that I would enjoy. And also Sarah maybe promised that I wouldn't prank you guys this time. Cause you were coming back from a vacation and probably wanted good food. Uh, so I just like, okay, let um, me find a good Indian place. Sure. That'll work. What would I get? And I just rapidly went down a list of my prior order history. Is like, I get that, I get that, I get that, and I get that. And I was like, okay, I hope he likes it. <laughs> the moment it arrived, you're like, Spencer, you ordered the exact same things I did. Like, okay, we have some more tastes. Glad to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the place you got from was really good too. It's a place that Levi and I have eaten at before too, over in Durham, Lemon Lemon, which is which is solid. Um, um, so Spencer and and BJ, you may be sort of read into this, Terry, probably, um, but. Um, there's any place near us and, and we ordered from them on a whim. We said, Hey, we want some Indian food. Let's order from them. Um, and we, and we went, they threw in a free side of a onion chutney, um, which was possibly one of the most delicious things that I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> and like, like two or three weeks later, I was like, Hey, we should order Indian. And what we need to do is we'll order the actual uh, onion chutney so we can get it in a, in a larger, uh, <laughs> larger container and, uh, get a lot of it. Um, and I've just been doling it out on everything. Um, and so like, it, it's become a thing that like, we'll cook, a you know, scrambled eggs, uh, on, on a weekend. And, and she's like, my girlfriend will ask if, if I want any sort of hot sauce, sriracha, um, Cholula. And I'm like, I want that onion chutney. I want to throw that crap on there, man. <laughs> I throw it on everything. It's the best. Um, it's like, legitimately amazing to me um so spencer keep that in mind it's a little maybe a little bit more spicy than 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 what you're accustomed to but it's like a good type of spice it's a flavorful deep spice you know sort of very flavorful um nuanced spice um which i I really really enjoyed not gonna be a hattie bees that knocks you uh knocks you out of the chair levi is hitting on a a way to order indian food that like when people are like new to it that i tell like all like if there's a tali option like get that like get all of the condiments, have a lot of different dipping sauces. It's, if it's a quality place, you're usually, you're usually set. I was going to say, this reminds me of the time that uh, uh, Levi Spencer and I went to lunch somewhere, like a, a place that was relatively close to where Levi was living quite a while ago. Um, and 
he was, you know, excited about, you know, showing me this place and, and they had a bunch of interesting sides and, you know, we ordered sandwiches or, or I can't remember. I think it was a sandwich place. Yeah. It was, it was a deli place. Terry, it was a deli place right across from Wendy's and Carver. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, I just want to plate with all your sides. And they just looked at me like I was completely insane. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, well, you can buy like some sides separately. Like you have that on your menu. I don't, I just want all of them and charge me like what you want for it. And they're just like, well, this man is completely insane. And Levi's just like putting his head in his hands and just like, I can't believe this is happening. And it's just like, Levi, you know, like you knew this was going to happen when you took me here. Like, I don't know why you feel any sort of, uh, See, here's what I don't understand about that story is that in that's a Southern restaurant and like, Typically in the South and Southern restaurant, you have like a vegetarian sampler, like where they, they give you like all the sides. Like every barbecue restaurant has this. You get all the sides in one plate. Like that shouldn't be that weird. It was choose three of five, I think. And you wanted for five. The, what? Yeah. And you wanted all five. I, exactly. I still don't find that to be that weird. Like you've done some things with food ordering. Maybe, maybe it just kind of speaks to me. Like maybe I'm just kind of, I do some of the same weird stuff too. But like, you do some weird stuff with food. That's not one I would put in the top five because that one seems reasonable to me. It's a new restaurant. You just want to try their sides. Seems, seems, seems curious what you would put in the top five now. So I'm going to give you a 70% truthfulness rating there, right? Because like one of the things that, so, so BJ, this is sort of ongoing sort of bit between um, all of us and you is just, you, you have like, there's an internal life inside of your head um, that you don't necessarily clearly express to people who, who, who aren't privy to, to the way that you think. So um, when you sort of candidly sort of offhand say all the sides to, to some person working behind a, a, a deli counter, they get a little confused. Whereas I imagine Terry, you'd be like, you know, I, I really can't decide exactly what I want. I, I think I just want to try a little bit of everything. So um, I know there's the standard uh, a, a three for five for all your, uh, for, for sides. I actually want to try all the sides. Um, he'd give a little preamble to try to set it up, to try to, to try to explain the situation. Whereas you'll just, you know, sort of wave your hand and say all the sides. Um, and the person is like, point. wait, wait, what are you doing? Um, this is not, it's not an option that I can check on, <laughs> on my little thing a good here. Point, Levi. I, that, that's yep. Hundred yeah, percent. Don't give I that took, preamble. Yeah, I would have done that. Yeah, I would have said, "Yeah, I'm new here. I just want to." Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. and that, that's what it was also. He like, said all you... the sides. I imagine that was weird. Um, it's like, <laughs> I, I think what I did is like I ordered a sandwich, and then it's like you know I know it comes with a side. I'd like to get all of them, and they just looked at me funny. I think you have rose colored glasses there. I think you've done a lot of maturing in terms of your sophistication with wait staff over the past 15 years or so. Because that story probably was at least 10 years ago. Um, at this point. Um, yeah, you're probably right on the 15, uh, very close to, uh, not quite, but it, cause I, I graduated in 2007. So that that's little coming up on 14 years ago. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's, you've gotten a lot better about trying to, to, to preamble some weird stuff that you're going to ask for, um, which, which is totally appropriate. And, and as a person who also has like a sort of a mental life where I have a lot of peculiarities, um, sometimes I don't express it well enough. And the other person's just like, what are you talking about? Um, yeah. So um, we're both move, moving and, and working on that, always getting better. Um, so Spencer, can you tell us a little bit about the, the meal that, that you received? Uh, a, a truly unique dining experience you gave me where it was a, a place I'd never heard. What was, what was the name of it again, Levi? Beg for More. Beg for More, which Yeesh. I'm going to have to look them up later because it was an eclectic selection you sent us. So I guess it's a pretty diverse place in terms of their menu. Yeah. Of where you uh, it arrived shortly after the time was supposed to be there. And the probably most polite delivery driver I'd ever had uh, answered the door or was on the other side of the door. Uh, he, you know, happily gave my food, wanted to make sure everything was okay, asked if I needed any help in terms of setting it up. And then bowed to me as he as I closed the door and actually offered to close the door for me, which was, you know, unique. I don't know if you paid extra for that kind of experience, but it was lovely. Uh, and then what arrived was uh, bacon asparagus, which was deep fried asparagus, which just had bacon layered on top. So I was down. Uh, crispy bok choy with dipping sauce, uh, a seafood duck salad, kimchi fried rice, Thai donut, and the famous red curry. So we're hitting at least three, maybe four nations with respect to that menu. And it was delicious. It was Does the great... curry live up to its fame? Uh, it w I'll put it this way. It was way too spicy for Bridget, as it turned out. But she refused to share it because it tasted so good. 
I just doused, I gave her a massive glass of milk that she would just have right there with her. And with that, she was able to get it down. She took two bites, immediately realized it was far too much over her level of spice to be able to go out with, but it just was too good to stop eating. So, so did you actually not get to try it? I got to try about two bites of it. Otherwise, she just housed that thing. That's a that's a really funny. So that happens in your in your household, like where she likes it. And she's like dog with a bone. Like no, Spencer, you are not. There, there have been time. There have been times of where I was cooking, and I'm I, I'm not a very I I can make good dishes, but I'm not like a, a chef that one difference one difference I put for a chef is like they finish everything at the same time, and everything is presented to the table, and I suck at that. Things get done at different periods. We eat meal in cycles. So it happens that way. Oh yeah. There have been times where I've like made a, made a dish and I'm like putting it in a communal bowl and putting it on the table. And by the time I bring the next dish to the table, she's already eaten like 90% of it. <laughs> so there's an element of that in terms of how we go about food. But I'll put her on a dinner allowance. So so <laughs> I've, I've learned over the years, separate bowls. Separate when you bowls say works. communal bowl, do you mean a serving dish? It wasn't a serving dish. It was just a large corningware kind of bowl. So it was a communal bowl. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Distinction without a difference. Don't worry about it. Um, That's how I'm defining the terms, except this. um, Spencer, I like how your definition of a chef is sort of similar to my my definition of an adult, of like an adult that has an outdoor hobby that is somewhat leisurely, like bird watching or or gardening. Um, And your definition of a chef is a person who can sequence dishes so they all come out at the same time, as opposed Mm -hmm. to any other definition of chef. Um, I believe I think there's a a point in time that scaling a recipe would have been about like your definition of at least a home chef. Appropriately scaling is it? it, I mean, I I think the scaling that I've done of recipes is absolutely appropriate. Um, Again, so you're gonna make fun of me, but at that point in my life, I was making things in bulk, man. I was making you know 16 burritos on a on a Sunday, pack them in the freezer just to dole them out during the week. I mean, Mm -hmm. you were meal planning before it was popular. It's not meal planning. That's psychopath stuff. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I can just have one burrito. So if I shove a lot of veggies into a burrito, I can have one burrito for all meals and you know, meet all, all the macros that I need to hit. So I'll just have the same thing every day, all the time. So speaking of uh, sending Spencer food, um, I, I, I took it upon myself to, to put uh, addresses in for everybody. And I don't know why this happened, but um, oh, uh, so I spent Spencer, I saw that, that your company is very proud of you as a lawyer to watch. Um, but along with that, um, I found a, a YouTube link for, for a, a presentation that you gave that, that was, um, that, that made me very excited. So, which, which I learned a lot more about, uh, Clearly insurance not- things than, than, than I expected. Was this was this the variations in law with respect to that certain subject matter that you were watching? Uh, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I did that a couple of weeks back. Um, and and so so that that I I don't know how I went down that path, but but I did go down that path for a little while. Um, um, and on that note, Spencer, I mean, no offense, um, as a person who puts together um, slideware and does presentations, <laughs> unfair and deceptive practices across States possibly is the most boring topic that I could imagine to myself. I imagine there's a small enclave of people that see, see that and get, and, and get excited. People but, voluntarily signed up for that shit. I, it was their choice <laughs> to be there. Um, it's a it, CLE. It's, it's always amazing to understand that like, obviously other professions get very deep and very very niche, um, but there are people that are excited by those niches. And that's a, it's a good reminder to myself that my little niche and people that are excited about, by my niche, um, we're just like the crazy people who, who tune in to watch about um, the, the, the regional variations and unfair and deceptive practices. Um, so Spencer, can I submit for CLE now? Like, can I get a, <laughs> some credits through, through Duke? Like, you know, is, is, is there some certification that you can give me that, that I can start getting CLE for, for watching your presentations? Uh, well, you aren't a member of a bar in any state that I'm aware of. So as far as I know, you don't have CLE requirements, nor do I even know, do you have continuing education requirements for your profession? Uh, yes and no. Um, n- so, no one checks that you actually do your continuing education, <laughs> but you're supposed to do it anyway. Academia, boys and girls, academia. <laughs> I spent 35 hours last month getting my continuing education done for the year in rapid succession, because otherwise they would have removed my license to practice if I didn't meet it. Um, yeah. No uh, comment on your planning there, Spencer, putting off five, the last second. Five, five year cycle, got it done in two months. <sighs> Efficient. Uh, but yeah, so NIH, uh, 
has a lot of recommended things um, and you basically just tell them that you do it once a year uh, or you tell them once a year that you've kept up with your training and they're happy with that. Um, so, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Neva, what did you get? What did you get? So, uh, BJ was a bit more adventurous than the, than the rest of us. Not, not, not entirely. So I'm not, I'm not going to disparage you, BJ. Um, but he ordered from, he ordered from a place called, I think it was, uh, Nud Pub. Um, that looks to be where you ordered from. Um, the receipt didn't have the name of the place, but I've sort of tried to decipher exactly <laughs> what it is based on some context clues and some Googling, yep. um, which looks to be a, a, a Thai, Thai adjacent place um, that principally serves a lot of um, uh, BU, so Boston University students um, in, in, in the area. Um, he started off with, a, with an appetizer of Todd Mun, so some, some fish cakes um, that were put together, which um, completely transparent, not a huge fun. Uh, huge fan of these. Um, I, I'm, I'm not convinced why there's this like subtly sweet sauce that goes with those. Um, Cause I've, I've had them before from other places and, and they're okay, but like a better side sauce to me would, would raise the profile of that as opposed to that a slightly sweet sauce that, that tends to come with it. Um, yeah. Something with a little bit of kick or a little bit more richness of flavor would be great because it's not a Fair intensely enough. flavorful thing. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, this is my Southern U S sensibilities applied to, um, Thai food. So that's a bit probably offensive. Um, there was a pink noodle soup, um, which had, um, according to my girlfriend, uh, fish eyeballs, um, as, as one of the meats that were in, in there. Um, she did not try it. Well, she had it, but she, she picked around all the meats because she was suspicious of them. Gotcha. Um, she also, in her little bit of research thought that perhaps, um, there was congealed blood in there. Um, no, but given that it was super flavorful, I really don't care. I don't want to know the answer. Um, it was, it was, it, it was quite delicious. Um, had sort of a, you know, so uh, Spencer going to your comment about Bridget, right? A lot of uh, a- Asian, Southeast Asian um, into Indian dishes, right? They have this um, intensely flavorful, but spicy sort of mix there where it's like, yeah, this, this is pretty darn spicy. This may be a little bit above what I'm comfortable with on a day-to-day basis, but it tastes so damn good um, that I'm just going to take it. Um, we had two entrees. Uh, Mu Deng looks like is the, how, you, how you pronounce that, but it's basically crispy uh, pork belly on some rice, uh, soft boiled egg, some cucumbers. Um, the, the review from my girlfriend was, this is pork jerky. This is delicious. Um, <laughs> and then, and then we had some, some, some bean, uh, bean salad. So yum. Woosin, um, it looks to be, um, from the receipt, which is quite flavorful, um, nice. And then some, some custards for dessert. Um, there was a complete three courses there, BJ, good work. Um, sticky rice always amazes me how, how delicious it can be. And it's something that I've never actually made at home. And I've always, always been curious about the process of making it. Not, not so much to actually research and make it myself, but it's always yeah. something that like, whenever I have it at a restaurant, it's like, man, this is pretty damn good. It's, it, it, this is fun. I mean, part of it is there's just a glutinous rice. So it is a, just a different rice. Yeah. Uh, but like the things that they've put in, I've tried making it. It's just, it's never as good as good versions. And um, actually, actually recently got a better rice maker. So I might try it again. Um, so I'm kind of excited Ooh. about that rice maker uh, may, may be a good kitchen appliance to get Spencer that he would, he would infrequently use. I um, have a rice. I actually do. I have a rice maker. How frequently do you make rice? How frequently do I make rice? Probably once every two weeks. Do you use the rice cooker? Or do you I use do. I do use the rice cooker. Okay. Interesting. I, I did not use one before I got together with Bridget. We always just uh, cooked it. We cooked, cooked it in a, um, a pot when we were on the stove when I was growing up, but that how she preferred, that's how she preferred to make it when she was growing up. So I learned to use it instead. BJ, I really enjoy that you've developed such a reputation among our respective partners that they kind of dread what you're going to send us of where, you know, apparently Sam thought you were going to send send Levi, you know, the table from Temple of Doom in terms of what you guys are going to get. And when I mentioned to Bridget this was going to happen shortly before it did, her first response was, oh, no, did we get BJ first? <laughs> <laughs> Reassured to know that, no, that wasn't the case. Levi was going to send us something, which Levi, I, I guess... She assumed you were going to send us meat and potatoes. That was her immediate response. Oh, Levi, you'll send us something with just a lot of meat and potatoes. <laughs> Why do you assume like that? that? That's there. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad that you enjoyed the. So the the pink soup is yen tafo, 
um, I had it in a place in San Diego and it was, it was such a unique flavor. Like I'd never had that before or eaten food that was that color um, that I was excited <laughs> to, to find somebody uh, to, to find a place that had that and send it to you. It's, it's not Pepto-Bismol pink, but it's close. I would say it's actually like similar to the, the color of your walls there uh, behind you, Terry. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's a color that I don't associate with any of the flavors that are actually in that soup. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know about the rest of you, but this was a lot of fun. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I must say. I liked it too. And I liked, I liked that Spencer, uh, that Spencer drew me to start with, cause my wife and I were like trying to figure out like what was on the table and it was like what we got, which is like a really good meal that we would have picked out. And I think, I think forgot text message at 10 p.m. Hey man, sorry about that. Have you guys eaten? Was still on the table too. Like we were like <laughs> trying to figure out <laughs> that was the range. One of these options. <laughs> well tailored or not happy. That's what that's what you get. <laughs> now I, I, one thing I was afraid of when I was ordering this was that you know we're in different states and I have a very overly protective credit card company that very oh. often when I order something from mm. like a different state or different country just doesn't allow it to go through and like an hour later calls me to let me know it didn't go through and check mm. on it so like I, I, i've ordered things for friends in other states and other countries and they just won't get them and i'll later realize that i got a call from the credit card company or they'll it would they either they always even tell me in advance and i was very much concerned that i'm gonna order this enough in advance so that the credit card company has an opportunity to call me that it's not happening so i can t- try to do something again so i have a cheap person recommendation for you spencer given that i know you love this place anyway um costco sells uber eats gift cards for like 80 bucks for a hundred dollars so option um spencer, that might be right up your alley who's your credit card company uh it is uh it's a, it's a visa it's a visa card but it's through um, capital one interesting um, so yes, Capital One is, is the same company my girlfriend has her credit card through. Um, I have Chase, who doesn't block shit. Um, now, not that there's ever been any fraudulent char- charges on my credit card, but they've never alerted me except for one thing. There's, there's one charge which every year they block, and it causes me tons of pain. It's NBA Leak Bass. Um, (laughs) why would they block every year every year there there is a decline payment for nba league pass Um, a note in their system or something it's a repeat charge i i don't know um they've they've never flagged anything and again at some point it became clear to me that they didn't care and so like i like when i'm doing business travel i I, I would expect there to be some level of certain circumstances where there's not enough context clues where they want, want to block it, right? So like, let's say I go to uh, Dunkin' Donuts um, in, in, in Boston and then, you know, six hours later, um, I order from a Starbucks in, in, in Phoenix. Um, that's a little suspicious, but they've never blocked anything. So I've, I've, I've stopped like telling them about any travels that I do either domestically or internationally because screw them. They're not going to block anything except NBA League Pass. Yeah, it, it's oh. it's it's always interesting to see how there, there are varying levels of protection associated with them. Because I've, I've also got a bank card, a Wells Fargo credit card too, and they won't let me do anything without checking first. Like I've tried to donate to charity, and they will just immediately stop the transaction. <laughs> I mean, it's Wells, minutes. Wells Fargo. So speaking of on brand, it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, I've discovered uh, Discover lets me do whatever I want. Interesting. Yeah, they don't I, block anything. I don't have a Discover. Like that's like I've never had a Discover card, and, and it's sort of one of those that it's just like. Is it taken everywhere? Like one of those one of those things in the back of my mind. Like I know that that's no longer a thing, but that and like American Express were like the two cards that is just like it's not taken everywhere. There's a few places that don't take Discover. Um, yeah, well, mostly places do. But the reason I got Discover is because the 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 cash back is higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting, BJ. I would assume you're you're a Discover guy. I could see you optimizing around around Discover. It just seems uh, like American Express has a. A paid version of the cashback, which is six percent groceries and three percent gas, and I did the calculation of how much the yearly uh, fee was versus the cashback. So, so yes, it's very on brand, but Discover isn't the right one. <laughs> if we're talking about cards that aren't taken everywhere, I had American Express for years, and I got frustrated, particularly overseas, that a lot of places just wouldn't take it. American Express, Spencer. Yeah, doesn't uh, doesn't fly okay. overseas. Should have thought about that. Um, so, so the other thing that like surprised me to no end is 
Japan like is not a credit card culture at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cash. Very yeah, it's it, it's a very much cash society. Like a lot, m- many many places just don't take credit cards, and it's just like of all places for that seem like very technologically forward. They're just like nope, no cards. It's like all right, well that's great. Um, so so hearkening back to our our previous days, I figured we could do a little bit of on brand and then uh, maybe move on to some other things. I know that I have an on-brand that was uh, spurred on by Terry, actually. Fire away. So uh, one of the gifts that, that you gave us for, for Christmas was a very nice uh, soap and uh, lotion set. Um, and uh, I actually really enjoyed some of the soaps that are, it's a goat milk uh, soap. And I was just like, oh, well, you know, I might look into to buying some of these. And, and for a variety of reasons, goat milk soap is fairly expensive, but you can make it. And it's, it's relatively inexpensive if you make it yourself. And so I went down the, the rabbit hole as, as one does um, of like what you need to, to make soap and, and what the ingredient, you know, do you pour it or did you do a uh, catal- catalyzation uh, react, uh, catalyst reaction with sodium hydroxide? Um, there, there are a couple of options, but um, one of the things that I discovered is almost all soaps either have uh, sodium lauryl sulfate or, or a sulfate in general that basically everybody that's into organic stuff uh, flips their shit over or they have palm oil. Um, and I really think that it's funny that all the people that are like really into or, you know, organic, you know, make your own lavender soap are, are heavily into to putting palm oil in their soap. Um, and I just thought that was a, a very interesting thing for all of these sort of high-end soaps to have. I mean, a lot of them have like a certification that it's sustainably produced, but basically every uh, place that, that talks about palm oil says there's no such thing. So I just thought that was a very funny dichotomy in the soap making uh, industry slash, or, or at least home soap making thing. Um, so BJ, just keep this in mind. So you just went on a, on a, on a, a sidebar about how you're interested in potentially making soap. And remember how how confused you were when we said, "Hey, you may want to make make candles." Um, so just there are I get some more points here. I, I didn't say that I wouldn't research making candles. I just did, said I didn't think I was going to end up doing it. Yeah, that was Levi's uh, first idea for the the pod was scented Saturdays, which I'm still floored that 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 was. <laughs> And uh he wanted to, to share scented candles, which I guess we can still do. I mean that that's within mm-hmm. the 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 guardrails of this pod. So you know, we may do um shared scented candles at some point. I, I really it would as Levi said though, I really delight in the fact that when Levi presented this, all three of us all immediately went, Well, BJ were really into that. It was like a, a mutual thought all at the same time is that this is a very much BJ activity. He will start making candles from here. I kind of thought Levi was fucking around. Like, I didn't think he was for real <laughs> about sending scented candles to each other. Not that, like, I mean, I like scented candles. We've got, I'm looking at three right now in my living room, but I just had no idea that, that he was serious about it. Um, and, like, then he started to explain, like, his process for going to Target and how he, like, posted up at the candle aisle. And I was like, okay, this is for real. <laughs> Uh, 100%. Um, by the way, um, I long ago have been, I, I told my mom that I have no interest in any Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, like stop gifts. Like I've got stuff. I can buy stuff. Um, like I, I, I cherish other things in life more than, than, than getting, you know, chotskis from stuff. Uh, but every year she of course doesn't listen and, and, and gives me something. Uh, this year she gave me three, three scented candles. Um, so there you go. All right. Everybody listening out there, if your friends will leave by, first off, he doesn't want your gifts. Second, if he gets them, um, make them. He wants to be able to burn them. A bunch of scented candles. And for them to smell good when they burn. <laughs> That's really, so, so how long and how many candles will you smell when you do this buying thing? Is, is this like a, you know, in passing, you grab a couple off the shelf and sniff them? Or is this like Sam leaves you and does other shopping? Wow. Uh, does does other shopping, but I mean, so I I don't like like the sort of what 
candles to me, there's like an Axe body spray version, which is like the beat you over the head with some some sort of smell, which I absolutely yeah, so abhor. No abhor, abhor. Um, yeah, none of that crap. Um, so you can you can typically find like a a a vendor um, or manufacturer that that has more nuanced um, so, subtle smells, mm-hmm. and at that point, yeah, you go down the line and you just say yeah, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and then you know through through a Darwinian competition, um, you 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 select a winner. Um. So do you, do you have a like uh, sort of palate cleanser that that you do, or is it just like a successive thing? You know, nah, you... man. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not sophisticated. I just <laughs> just smell stuff. Um, and in like five, ten years, are you going to be like visiting various farmers markets to go to like the the you know the local candle producer that you, you know you really like the the uh, wild boysenberries that they they put in their their candles or. I think you're projecting onto Levi what you would do. That, that, that's true. If you like scented candles, <laughs> um, I hear you. So the, the the thing that's gonna gonna be a little bit odd there is about going to a, to a farmer's market. Um, I, I'm not like a farmer's market. Let me just peruse the goods. Mm-hmm. But let's say like I happen to go to a farmer's market. I happen to find a purveyor of boysenberry candles that I really like. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going back. Um, I'm a loyal man. Okay. Spencer, what's your on brand this week? You have to have like five things. You always have a lot. I've got a few. I'll narrow it down though. Um, <laughs> like one thing you guys may remember from when we were back in college is that I have the, un- I guess I'm a little bit odd and that I will enjoy spending hours just watching other people play video games or even guiding or te- coaching people through those video games. Yeah. Haven't had as many opportunities to do that lately. Um, but we had a friend over who'd had a bad week. And so we just brought her over to give her ice cream and alcohol. And I'd just gotten a VR headset another day. I was like, hey, would you like to give this a try? We stayed up till 4 a.m. with her just playing around the VR headset and me guiding her through various levels. Uh, we're probably a solid, with a couple breaks, six hours of play of where Bridget fell asleep like two hours in. And I was just there happily showing her how to do various levels in the game. And she was having a blast. How do you and, guide somebody in a VR headset? Uh, Thanks to the computer. Uh, yeah, you can set it for spectator mode. Uh, and it separately mirrors it on the computer screen that you're playing through. So I can guide her through whatever else, adjust the volume, do all the kinds of settings by that means. And, you know, I've always particularly enjoyed, you know, guiding or teaching people through things, particularly video games. So for me, it was a blast. For, uh, I suppose, other people in the room, it was boring as toast. But, you know, she had a, she had a nice night and it was improved in mood compared to the week she had before. So success all around. Yeah, I don't like doing that. Yeah, I, I it's a... I think it's pretty unique to me, even among our friend base of where, like when we were back in college, we were, I was, I had bought Elder Scrolls for the Xbox and I'm pretty sure I watched nine people play through the same levels of that game perfectly happily while everybody else just looked at me confused. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm the, I'm like the let me play guy. I want my turn. I think the, the only game that as a group, we enjoyed watching each other play was Portal just because of an audience. Yeah. Yeah particularly because with portal it's about solving puzzles and so watching somebody go through the logical enterprise necessary to get through them and how unique everybody would go about it was just it was fun to predict whether a person would be able to solve it without help and how they would do it because everyone would have their own unique way of accomplishing it agreed but that was that's the unique one amongst us as opposed to you who just like any old game you don't mind just just watching someone and and guiding them because you're fundamentally a nice person as opposed to the rest of us that are just like let me play I'm, i'm i'm bored I would watch somebody play Tetris so long as they were enjoying doing it. That's a pretty good one. That's a that's an on brand that's um, probably pretty specific to you. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave the three stupid ones where I cause property damage for next time. Okay. <laughs> I think the other really on brand one for you is that um, you stayed up and watched uh, news when news was happening earlier oh, yeah. this week. Um, and your reply was like, it makes perfect sense. History is happening and I wanted to be there for it. And just like yeah. Spencer, it's four in the morning. Yeah. After the riot, I mean, the riots had the practical effect of delaying the certification of the election. And so when they reconvened, the members of Congress were rather stubbornly determined they were going to finish it that night. And I rather stubbornly decided I was going to watch them do it. I, I guess the most on brand thing also was that I felt the need to ask each of you whether you did the same thing, despite the obvious answer to that question. It's going to be a no. Yeah. It was over by 345 and I almost watched old white men get in a fist fight. So, you know, fun times. <laughs> He's there for the whole thing. I, I was there the entire time. Yes. Do you think that's going to be another uh, avenue that that some fight night is going to get into? Like 
politicians rather than just YouTube streamers. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of YouTube streamers. Let's watch two 80-year-old geriatrics go at each other. I know why you guys are making that joke. I will say as a person um, who at least has a, a passing familiarity with the energy it takes to, to do any sort of combat sports, um, it's going to be a very boring fight, right? They, <laughs> they're going to have a good three-second burst, and then they'll be tired. Just, for the next oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Terrible. I mean, it, sure. it's, it's going to need really good commentators, you know? Uh, yeah, really good commentators can make any kind of fight or any kind of experience a very pleasant, enjoy- enjoyable watching. Just because you're watching, you know, good comedians or whatever else riff each other, riff off each other is something weird yeah. or boring happens. I'm, I mean, the the entrance music is probably going to be the most interesting thing that happens in in that fight. Well, isn't that like the case for like most fights with grown men? Like most of the time when grown men are fighting, you're like, wow, that was yeah. I mean, the, the amount just, of like, cardio wrestled that for 15 seconds and then goes yeah, that goes into doing anything like that for more than a minute or two is is surprisingly high any other on brands we want to cover uh so not a whole lot is going on in my life per se but there was an element that that definitely sort of um got to my personality so as background i uh, sam and i are are considering looking for a home and went went to an open house on on uh, yesterday um and uh, checking it out um we're looking at it um and and we're we're sort of um, grouping together with the the realtor that we're working with um, afterwards, and the realtor is sort of giving a spiel about you know what you like, what you didn't like, the, the process is going to be, uh, what she thinks the asking price is going to be, uh, all these sorts of things. Um, and I'm sort of just sort of I, I'm I know what the list price is, and I can see this this absolutely like appalling line forming. You th- think it was Black Friday for for real estate? Um, I mean, it, at, at points there were probably. 12 to 15 couples lined up uh, to, see, to see this house. Um, and uh, at some point I'm just like, after listening to her, her, her give her a little spiel, which she's, she's trying to be upbeat about stuff, but, but, but sort of guarded. I'm like, okay, what I'm hearing from you is this. I'm, I'm hearing that this, this home is going to go for probably 50 to 60,000 over asking. And uh, you don't see the value in that. You think that it's slightly overpriced, that there's not a lot of supply on the market um, and that there's, there's a lot of untapped demand that's pent up over, over the, the sort of holiday break. And she goes, yeah, that, that's fair enough. But I was just sort of like tired of her hemming and hauling around, around the edges of stuff. And just like, I just want a pragmatic person to tell me pragmatically like their, their thoughts, right? These, these people are, are, are professionals. They have insight. Uh, they have gut feelings. Um, but I just sort of cut that out. And she goes, I see you're a man who likes crunching numbers. And I was like, not really, but um, it's probably. <laughs> what do you mean? Not really. I, I, not like in any real deep sense. Right. I, 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 I've not gotten to the point where I want to start scraping Zillow to find out like uh, <laughs> underpriced areas. Um, okay. So, so, so when most people look at something and say crunching numbers, like you're talking about like taking a lot of information from Zillow o- over like, many neighborhoods in the area rather than like looking at a, a couple of neighborhoods where you're looking at an average price. You're, you're talking about like writing a script to gather information from Zillow and plot trends. Yeah. I've considered doing that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, so I think everybody else's definition of crunching some numbers is that, is at a completely different level? Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, but since I haven't done that, which that it, that is my benchmark of crunching numbers. Um, I haven't done that yet. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. But I, I see your point that maybe I'm, I'm a bit unusual when it comes to these things compared to the average population, average person in the population. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Because again, it's COVID life. Not a lot, whole lot going on except for in Florida where you're, they're open for business. Terry. Yeah, no problem. No problems in Florida. I don't really have an ombre in this week. I spent the last week at the beach. And I mean, I guess... I mean, it's a boring on brand, but I eat seafood like every day. Um, and I was going to say, I, I worked think... like a lot. And that, that, that um, is not, I'm not a, I'm not a 60 hour week work. I'm not a Spencer guy. Okay. guys, I, I picked a profession where I'm a 40, a cool 40. And I was having to do more than 40. So that was a lot for me. Oh, poor guy. I, I think you're sort of skipping out, skipping over the, the, the fast that you revealed to us, which is that you didn't pack enough clothes uh, going down there. So you had to purchase clothes in the area. That yeah, that to so, me is so, a, so, true. So um, there are two on-brand things that I want you to talk about. One is that, and the other is you and Spencer figuring out a cord for your VR headset. Still hasn't been figured out, so I can't really say we Still figured hasn't it been out figured yet. Out. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I have a VR headset. I got the Oculus Rift X uh, S, and um, 
you have to have like a display port adapter, which I've bought multiple of them so far and none of them are registering <clears throat> as if it's connected to the computer, which is just frustrating. I mean, I'm sure I could spend like four hours and like work through this, but like, I just have gotten so frustrated with it. I just put it aside and I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to deal with it right now. I'll deal with it eventually. The clothes thing um, is more, so it's, it was unseasonably warm for around the holidays before we left for this trip. And I don't know why, but both in me and my my wife's head, we were just like, we just assumed that it was just going to continue being unseasonably warm. So neither one of us even packed a coat because we just haven't had to have one um, for weeks here. Um, and as soon as we get down there, it's like snaps cold, like the wind's blowing like 30 miles an hour and it's raining every day. Um, so yeah, we had to go to the wings, which is like one of those beach tchotchke stores and, uh, and buy like sweatshirts. Um, which I didn't even know that those stores had like winter clothes, but they do. They actually cycle into winter clothes <laughs> with like sweatpants and sweatshirts and stuff. So I bought like two or three different winter outfits to wear while I was down there. And now I'm right. But when I was there, I saw this really awesome shirt, which has a, uh, which is, I was at the outer banks. It's got the outer banks. It says outer banks on the front of it, but in the star Wars script, like, uh, like you're watching like the rolling credits, which is really sweet. So yeah, it's, uh, that's what I did. I've got a lot of uh, OBX gear made in Pakistan right now. That is, so the way you explain it now makes it seem a little bit more pedestrian or at least more similar to, to, to my mentality. I'm, I'm definitely a person of what was the temperature of the last week? That's what I'm yeah. back for. And I don't even consider evaluating whether or not that that's different. Um, even if I'm, I'm driving, you know, five hours in a, in a different direction, I'm just like, yeah, it's probably similar last week. I just pack it and, and move on. Um, part of that's because like i I'm the stupid person that'll just wear shorts when, it, when it's entirely too cold uh, because I'm, I'm okay with just being a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I feel you on this one. You made it seem like it was like a regular thing. Like you regularly forget to, to pack clothes. That, that's how you presented it. And that was a bit un, uncharitable to yourself, which I think you should retract formally. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I think I've done it before, but it's not like a normal thing. I think that what, what got us on this is that we were working when we were down there. And so we both had to bring like our monitors and our like docking. So there was like a lot of packing going on mm-hmm. um, for like the logistics of just working down there um, so that the the clothes thing got a, a short shrift. Um, yeah, I think it was like we got a text of we have to go shopping because we do like neither of us packed clothes. And, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened, but this is the first time that I've have to ha- had to buy like m- multiple outfits to, to even be comfortable on vacation. <laughs> I think it was the the uh, out of the blue text. Who yeah. who who did you get this text from? Because sometimes I think that um, BJ, you can you can flight text between me and my wife. Sometimes you're getting you're getting an update from my wife, and then it's like you're like that's an update from the group, and it's more like she's giving you like an insight into me, and it's like I didn't tell you that. <laughs> um, there are a lot of texts that that I'd have to go back through, um, but. I'm I'm not sure which one, and and it's sometimes it's also when we're recording a podcast and and something like she'll say something or or, or whatever else. So so yeah, it's just sort of uh, things get get mashed together. Uh, but but yeah, so while you guys were away, which was one of the other funny things, which is the uh, the other on brand thing that you have, which is insisting that that Picasso is a friendly cat. Yes, um, so is. we've She's been human centric cat. Yeah, uh, we my girlfriend and I had been visiting your cats in Finium and Picasso is, is hilariously friendly, especially when you have food in your hands. Um, and surprisingly scared of plastic bags. Um, Doesn't like which, the loud sounds. Yeah. Nope, yep. Not at all. For uh, sure. But, Picasso's, but yeah. just, Picasso's just bipolar. That's what Picasso is. Are you Picasso trolling is... right now, BJ? <laughs> just no, an asshole. No. I, as Levi, like recognizes like. So uh, <laughs> m- maybe you have an inside, <laughs> inside look here. I've never had a scenario with you, BJ, where I've been gently touching your head and you seem to be enjoying it, and then you try to bite my head, my hand off a second later. That's been most of my experiences with Picasso. Well, that to be fair, that's most cats, right? Most cats no! are most cats are no! four, four pets is what I want. If the fifth pet happens, you're going to get uh, a pet. Um, but no, she's she just needs to get to know you. She's also like a very anxious cat. Like that is absolutely phenomenal radio. Me describing my cat to people, but um, it's uh, <laughs> she gets very anxious. <laughs> And um, yeah, she just needs to get to know you. Now she knows BJ. BJ's in that circle of trust. Um, yeah, but but, but Levi, I feel smart. like this is very on brand for you. Like like recognizes like you're you're a little off putting sometimes, uh, or, or a little a little bit difficult to, to don't people. Feign, but... Don't feign anger at that, Levi. 
it's more of righteous indignation <laughs> against DJ saying that. Um, I, I, I will not accept the, the words coming from your mouth. Um, I'm yeah. just saying that that cat seeks me out, um, like mm-hmm. like walks around my foot, nuzzles against me, and then when I try to move my foot and like reacts like she's trying to murder my family three generations back. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. That cat's cat's terrible. Um, moving on. So Spencer, one thing I forgot to tell you about about the meal that that, that you got. The oh. kimchi fried rice um, was on a section of their their menu called Grain of Thrones. I see um, that now. It's on the receipt. <laughs> good. Because I, I, I was scrolling through like what they had and like a generic sort of like multiple types of Asian food. And I saw Grain of Thrones and I immediately like, you know, let's fast forward to this area. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? I've got to find something to order from here because that seems appropriate. Um, but Grain of Thrones, punny names of, of food of menu items or, or classes for restaurants. I assume BJ, like you appreciated it a little bit. Terry, probably not so much. Not as much. Um, no. I appreciate it, but it usually makes me wary of especially like foreign restaurants. Like I, I, I much prefer weird spelling errors. Uh, I enjoy that too. Or like bad translations. Yeah. Like Chinese restaurants, like chicken yeah. in fun sauce or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you- is that because you want authentic stuff and you don't want necessarily immigrants that, that, that consume popular culture and like can, can, can do the next level yeah, cognition in, in a different language to do a, do a pun. Um, that, that might be a lot, a lot of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's too Americanized. <laughs> uh, Spencer, where do you, where do you come down on, on, on sort of punny names for food foods or, or, or menu items or menu categories? I usually get pretty cautious. I assume with the punny stuff that it's some temporary, uh, you know, dish of the week that I usually am nervous about in any way. I'm, I, I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable enough ordering like even just specials on the menu that are just new things they don't regularly produce. So the ones that are punny, <laughs> I just feel like that they're going to be some fly by night piece of crap that isn't isn't worth ordering. I'm with Spencer on this one. I, if I get it, see if a punny name, I think you're you're covering for something in the dish. And two, I'm not getting a special any place that I don't trust. Like, I mean, unless I know the place and I think that they are pretty good, I never get a special. Interesting. So I find it kind of, so I I think that there are two minds that I have on specials. There's specials that are like house specials at a lot of like Asian uh, restaurants that clearly are the same specials that every place across the country has. And it's Mm -hmm. not a house special. Mm -hmm. Um, but almost every, a lot of places in non-COVID times when you would go there has a board that they write specials down on. Mm-hmm. Um, my, that, th- and those are always like, yes, I, I do want those. And e- like even non-Asian restaurants, there are a lot of restaurants that it's like, clearly this is fresh, you know, produce that they got or, or whatever, rather than like somebody's tossing something weird together. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting um, you go I, in that direction as opposed to like my, my immediate direction is they've got a bunch of crap they need to get rid of. They can't really fit in, into other things on the menu. And uh, so we'll call it a dish. Yeah. Uh, which I'm okay with personally. I'm, I, I'm down to be a little bit more adventurous, but, but you took that as, as we just got some stuff or we got a good price on something we don't usually have. And so we're going to throw it together. Um, whereas I think the, the three of us are all sort of towards the negative frame of stuff. Yeah. I've, I've used specials like, you know, it's like when they do the, it's when like they got like fresh seafood on Monday and then suddenly by Thursday, they've got a seafood stew. It's like, this is not a special. This is you're throwing things out and calling it luxury. No, the, it's, it's, it's typically for a slight discount on what it is. And it's, and it's something that's not typically on the menu. So you're getting a special peek into the, 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 the uh, culinary prowess of, of a chef. Spencer, see, that's you, why I'm usually sure. pretty, pretty sketchy about the yeah. specials. I'm usually like, if I don't trust the place, I'm like, I'm not taking your like first run, like attempt yeah. at this thing. How about you commit to me to it? Okay. You put, put it on the menu and then I'll, then I'll trust it. Um, I like Spencer's like weird tipping point here. Like where is the, like, you know, going for a deal, have to preserve, preserve everything. Like, you know, whatever the special is and just like, not at all, not at all. Okay. With, you know, some restaurant putting together stuff that, you know, that uh, they're, it, if I like the restaurant, if I trust the chef, I will happily order specials just because that can be fun. And I already know it's going to be good food at that place anyway. If it's a place I'm going to for the very first time, I'm ordering the most basic standard dish on their menu so I can get a taste of whether I like the place at all. If the, all those dishes come out and they're all hot at the same time, Spencer, <laughs> I know it's a chef specials. at this place. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I have disastrous thoughts. So Spencer, when you go out for burgers and malteds, if the malted comes out like 
five minutes after your burger? Or are I'm you annoyed. just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what am I doing here? I mean, I mean, ice cream and a lukewarm sandwich. <laughs> I don't get the sweet and salty uh, all, all at the same time. It's unacceptable. That's funny. It's a par experience I could deliver for myself. Sorry for that for every second. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. So uh, um, cool. Oh, uh, one thing I was gonna a PSA out to anybody listening to this: go to the beach in the winter. Oh yeah, definitely. It's such good value. Like, there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. nobody there. It's peaceful. You can still do the walks on the beach. That's still fun. I mean, as long as it's not super cold and you pack appropriately, you're gonna have to pack some some clothes, winter clothes. Just, just so everybody maybe, knows that. Maybe some long pants and a. Yeah, that, that is important. But it, there's a lot of value. Like if you're you're uh, yeah, go go to the beach in the winter. It's... I mean, it is a lot of fun. Even uh, depending on how far south you go, you can go fishing, um, and and have you know all sorts of fun on the coast. Um, but is. yeah, definitely dress appropriately. Otherwise, you might be wearing compression shirt that's a little too small for you. Or just come to Florida. It's 80 right now, so you know you can go oh, in God. the water. No, 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 Florida. Hey, in terms in terms of group activities in the future, taking y'all scuba diving could be a fun group activity for all of us to share. You, you might just need always to say y'all. You're not weights. taking me scuba diving. You know, you say this now, but if it's podcast related, <laughs> I have hopes. Oh man! <laughs> all right. Hey, I didn't say I didn't say hang gliding. I've I've, I've lowered my expectations <laughs> for him. Yeah. Jesus, no. Uh-uh. Unless um, Sarah wants to cash out that insurance policy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else we want to cover before we wrap uh, up? No, I think we're good. It's been fun getting back into uh, into the groove. Yeah, agreed. I enjoyed this. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll see you later.